if anyone's looking for a really feel good read and a good luck story and something really nice and bouncy because we've been talking we need, we need that Eileen well we've been going through the newspapers lately and my goodness me everything's doom <laughs> and gloom well here is something here is one of these really really feel good stories because it's a true story former bank official and mum of four Maria Duffy has penned her first book and it has gone straight into the top 10 best sellers um, list on the wow. original fiction list isn't that incredible isn't and we're really lucky Maria is joining us now in the studio. Good morning to you, Maria. Good morning, Eileen. You're very welcome to Town Talk. Now, this is just an incredible story. I mean, it's one to gladden anybody's heart. And I think it will appeal to everyone out there. We're all feeling the doom and gloom. And yet there's a lot of us saying, you know, I would always love to have done something, but never actually got round to it. You were a bank official, so you never worked in anything related to um, no, literary, the no, literary no. world. Then you took time out to have your children. How come you're a best-selling author now? What has happened? Please tell me. Well, I probably would have been one of those people who always said, you know, it's a pity I didn't do that. I always loved writing and always, I suppose, scribbled bits and pieces. Really? In school, I wouldn't have been great at the, you know, dissecting the poems or, you know, doing the the structured writing, but I would have been good at doing the essays and, you know, the creative writing side of things. And even when I was working, I used to often write bits and pieces, you know, keep a diary, write little short stories, write poems. Did you ever submit your short stories Never, to no, magazines no, or anything? No, it was only, I only wrote really just at home myself, away relaxing. It was, it was nothing really major, you know. In, in did work, you do a creative writing course? No, never okay. did anything like that. Not initially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was working in the bank, you know, I would have been the one maybe writing the funny poem when somebody was leaving work. And I just always liked, you know... It was like writing, I yes. suppose, but yes. because my life took a, a, a certain direction and I ended up working in the bank, I kind of thought I was one of those people who said, oh, I really wish my life had gone in a different direction. I mean, I enjoyed my time in the bank, I mean, but it just wasn't the thing I really wanted to do. And then after I had my third child, I left and um, went on to have a fourth after that. So I was a full time mum then. Enough to keep you busy. And yes. it was it was I had four of them under six at one stage so life was just hectic and during that time when they were little I had always I was always a big reader loved books and always kind of had in the back of my head that one day maybe I'd write a book myself and just from having read so many books and thinking it was something I'd I'd just love to do and I loved being in bookshops and Mm -hmm. you know looking at the books on the shelves and just and can I ask you during that time you did you ever have a kernel of an idea of a particular story that you'd like to write? Or was it just a general idea that you'd like to write? I always had loads of ideas. There was always things bubbling in my head. And I'm, I'm, I'm a great one for eavesdropping. And I love listening on, in on people's conversations. And even sitting in a coffee shop or a restaurant. I love to know. I love to watch people. I'm a real people watcher. And imagine what their story is and why they're you know looking at each other in a certain way or what's going on at the table beside me or even on a bus or on a train you know I always I always did that and always had ideas for stories in my head but I think it's because I kind of went straight well other I did a business course after I left school and then went straight into the bank so to me writers always were these people who I kind of put up on a pedestal Mm. there were people with degrees degrees in English or degrees in journalism and I always thought I suppose I didn't have the confidence I thought that you know even though I had it in my head I'd like to write a book I thought that nobody would really take me seriously because I didn't have this degree or qualification I didn't know anyone in in the writing world in the publishing world so 
kind of just felt that you know that that's it I never went down that route I never I never went to college I didn't study English you know that that it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be something I could do and then when I was at home with the children when they were very young I decided I'd maybe start and try and write a book and it, it just got too much when they were they were like I had two or three in nappies at the same time and it was just hectic so I put it aside but I always vowed that when I'd get the final child into school when I'd have a bit of time to myself I'd pick the book up again and I'd start to write so that's exactly what I did when my my fourth child started school three years ago I dusted off the first few chapters of the book that I started to write and I started writing it again and I just loved it. I absolutely loved it for the hours they were in school. And is this wrote. Any Dream Will Do? Is this? No, no, it no was this was a different book. Yeah. I, I look on that book now as my learning book yes. because what I did was I wrote the book and I finished the book and I knew absolutely nobody. I knew no, no writers. I knew nobody in the publishing world. I didn't, I didn't know you know really what to do with it so in other words you couldn't even get somebody to critique it to say look this is where you need to go over stuff more this is where you need to improve or this is good or whatever i just well mm-hmm. I, I just didn't know what to do initially so i i trawled through the internet um looking for help for writers in ireland and came across a website called inkwell writers run by vanessa o'loughlin and um, there was a phone number there, so I plucked up the courage and I rang the number and still very unsure of myself, even though I had this book, it was, it was almost finished, I think, at this stage, um, still not thinking it would ever come to anything. And Vanessa spent about an hour on the phone talking to me and she was a mind of information. She was just fantastic. And that was probably the best phone call I ever made, you know, in terms of, of getting me where I am now, because... She had loads of contacts. She put me in touch with lots of people, you know, who would help me. She um, advised me to come on a, a course she was running, uh, which was a, a get get published course. So it would it would. She had agents talking at it. She had publishers talking at it. You know, the, just to give you a right steer to, yes. to know what to do with yes. your manuscript. So I went off to this course and um, with my manuscript finished, thinking that I had to. It was time I sent it off to publishers and thinking there was going to be this bidding war, you know, for for my fabulous manuscript that I'd managed to write the end on. And after the day at this course, I realised that writing the end was only actually the beginning, that you really need to work on it. And, you know, because I'd just written the story and I'd finished. How is it just the beginning? It's just the beginning because really when I know all writers write in a different way, some people edit as they go along, but me I suppose being new to it just had the idea in my head and just wrote the book right the way through and wrote the end and thought that I had a book that was ready to submit to publishers but really what you need when you if you write like that and just write all the way through you really need to edit it and edit it and edit it and redraft it you know make it as best as it can possibly be now I'm surprised because I thought that was the role of editors in the publishing houses yeah, well, I, I mean, that, that is what editors do, and editors will make your words shine, but I think that there's so much competition out there. There's so many people writing books, you know, and at that stage, bear in mind that I didn't have a publishing deal. Yeah. So before I was going to send this book off to agents or publishers, I had to make it shine as yes. best as it could possibly be. I mean, if they, they're getting... I mean, publishers get in hundreds of manuscripts every week from writers who want to get a publishing deal. So you have to make yours stand out above the rest. Does it help if you have an agent? Absolutely. I mean, most... Uh, a lot of... Well, certainly over in the UK, a lot of publishers will only take manuscripts that are sent in through agents. 
you know, in Ireland, some of the publishers now take unsolicited manuscripts. That's manuscripts sent directly from mm-hmm. the writer. But generally, um, I mean, generally having an agent is, I'm not saying it's always the best thing, but I certainly think that to have an agent behind you is is the way to go. Now, you were a technophobe, let's say. You were not very computer friendly <laughs> and whatever. I'm still not great. But... Twitter, you got on Twitter and that changed your life because that ties in neatly with how you came, found your agent. Absolutely, yeah. Well, this Vanessa O'Loughlin from Inkwell, who had, who has since become a friend and has given me so much advice through the last few years, she dragged me kicking and screaming onto Twitter. She said, if, if you're a writer, she said, you need to have a social platform. So she encouraged me to start up a blog and she encouraged me to go onto Twitter. So... Um, I went on to Twitter, dipped my toe in, thinking I'd absolutely hate it. But she introduced me on Twitter to the writing community, I suppose. She had a lot of contacts. She'd mm-hmm. been there for a while. And um, all of a sudden then I, my followers started to go up and I started to, to tweet with other writers. It started off, it was really just writing, a writing group, I suppose, on Twitter. And then things started to build up. I started to realise that there, you know, celebrities who I I enjoy watching on telly, or, like they were on Twitter too. So started following them, and I just you've made friends them. with some of them, haven't you? I have, yeah. I suppose it's through through. Um, this is through Twitter as well. I began writing for Hello Magazine online. Mm-hmm. I ri- started writing a blog for them um, about celebrities who tweet. So I make my contact with a celebrity on on Twitter. And uh, and then I, I'll I'll ask them if I can interview them. Go on, so name drop. Tell us a few that you've interviewed. Um, well, I, I've interviewed a few UK celebrities. Um, Eamon Holmes and Ruth Langsford were my were um, two of my my first interviewees, and they they were fantastic. And um, they in turn put me in touch with Gino De Campo, oh, yes. who um, hunky I Gino. <laughs> I love Gino. He's just so nice and he's so funny. Um, so actually, when I was talking to Eamon, Eamon said to me, um, asked me how I found the interaction with celebrities on Twitter and did I find that they answered the tweets? And I said, sometimes they do. I said, but sometimes they have so many followers, they don't. They mm. don't see all the tweets, so they don't answer me. And Eamon said to me, who out of all celebrities on Twitter would you like to make contact with? And I said, Gino DeCampo. So I didn't think any more of it. And the next morning I woke up and turned on my Twitter stream and there was a tweet from Gino DeCampo. Wow. So, so um, the power of The Twitter. power of Twitter, yeah. So um, we, we made a, an arrangement then to meet. So I met up with Gino then and interviewed him as well. So you, were, me, you got your online blog. You yeah. got work uh, for working for mm-hmm. Hello as a result mm-hmm. of that. And then how did you meet your um, literary agent? Well, what happened was I'd... I'd I'd been writing away and I'd started another book as well and, and I was working on this, this first book which I had submitted to um, one just to one publisher and they did like it and they asked me for usually you just submit a few chapters first with a synopsis, mm-hmm. a synopsis and um, they liked it and they asked me for the full manuscript but it, it fell at the final hurdle anyway and I didn't get published but again I was still working on this I suppose just honing my craft and um, I was tweeting away and I had really my followers had started to go up and up on Twitter because I was really enjoying it and I really enjoyed the intro. I enjoyed the fact that to me, even though I enjoyed writing, you know, it was hard at times. I suppose I was I was reading a lot of books and I was maybe trying to write like other people wrote. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I have certain writers that I, I love. I love their books and I love their style of writing. And 
I wasn't doing it intentionally, but I think we all, when we start out, we tr- we write like we w- like we like to read. So, yes. um, but on Twitter, I could just be myself. You know, I'd tweet funny tweets, and you know, I th- I had a lot of interaction and really was enjoying it. And one day um, on Twitter, an agent called Sheila Crowley from a big agency called Curtis Brown in London. Um, sent me a private message on Twitter. Now I'd met Sheila on um, uh, actually on this Getting Published workshop. I had met her and I'd introduced myself to her so our paths had crossed a couple of times at these type of workshops but we had hooked up on Twitter and we were following each other so she sent me a message one day and asked if we could meet when she was in Dublin next. She works in London but she's from Dublin herself but she works in London so she asked if we could meet when she was next in Dublin so couldn't quite believe it. I mean, to get a tweet like that from an agent, you know... Who wants to meet you, not the other way around. Who wanted to meet me was was just shocking because at this stage I was still writing and trying to learn as much as I could about writing, still with the dream of having a book published. So um, when I did eventually meet Sheila, she said to me that if I could write in a book the way I tweet, that I'd have something special. Wow. Wow, that was wonderful to hear, I'd say. it It was just... It was amazing because... What I d- she said to me, go away and write me a few chapters. I had never sent her anything, so she didn't. She hadn't yes. actually got my work. She, was she didn't going purely on your tweets. She said yeah. she enjoyed my tweets and she found I was engaging and she saw the way you know s- people reacted to me on mm. Twitter and um, she liked the Twitter voice as she called it. So um, she, I, I sent her a few chapters of the book I'd already written just so she could see I could could actually write mm-hmm. and. Um, but she wasn't interested in that. She said, write me something contemporary, write me, you know, a few chapters in your Twitter voice and um, I'll have a look at them. So she wasn't, si- she hadn't signed me at that stage. So I knew this was an opportunity that Not doesn't come along very often. So I went away and I started writing and I know, I know it sounds really corny to say, but I bawled my eyes out when I started writing because it was like as if Sheila had said, it's okay, you don't have to have a degree, just write like you tweet. She gave you permission. She gave me permission just to be myself and not to, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, not to try and be anybody else. So I just started to write like I tweet and I took on a first person voice, which I hadn't written before. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I suppose I got the, the germ of the idea because it, this all happened through Twitter. I thought it would be a nice idea to set a story somewhat in Twitter or have a Twitter as a theme for the story and um, the idea just grew legs I suppose. And hey presto we have Mm. the book and the finished article is called Any Dream Will Do and while it is a little bit about Twitter it's all about friendship really. It is. It's about peace so you don't actually have to be on Twitter or you know you don't be put off by the fact that you think it's a book about Twitter it is not. It's a really good read because I've read it myself very enjoyable very feel good and I think that is really appropriate in, in, in this day and age. Most yep. of us aren't feeling very good about ourselves right now. Can I just ask yes. you the, the difference in, in between writing <laughs> a blog? I mean, when you're, you're tweeting, I know like the difference from, from the likes of Facebook and Twitter is yeah, that Facebook, yeah. you can basically write an essay on it. On Twitter, you only have like a couple of sentences that you can That's write. right, 140 characters, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, uh, how did you, you know, how did you differ? How was, was it harder or was it easier to to write in, in very short bursts like that than, than to write a, a long thing? I think at first, I think when I started first, I did find it difficult, 140 characters, because as yeah. you can probably guess from me talking here this morning that I do talk a lot. And no I do way. 
<laughs> I'm joking. Go on. <laughs> and I did find this 140 characters a little bit confining. Yeah. There's only a few lines, isn't there? But then, I don't know, there's something very liberating about it as well. You know, that you can say what you want to say in 140 characters. You know, nobody is waiting for you to give a big explanation about things. Um. <laughs> and I think, I think it allows more humour. You know, if you can just be snappy. Yeah. If you can just be snappy and, you know, say something quick. Sometimes two words is all it takes. Honestly, yeah. And I find that sometimes you get the most reaction by, you know, a little <laughs> yeah. two-word tweet maybe. You <laughs> yeah. know, something, yeah. something that says it all, really. You know, and I think we get used to reading each other on Twitter as well. You know, somebody might just come on and, you know. Maria, can I just ask yeah, you, sure. how does it feel to having a past life behind you? You know what I mean? In the mm-hmm. bank, with the children, and now you have a book deal and you're in the top ten. How does that feel? It feels absolutely amazing. Honestly, I never... enjoying it, are you? I'm enjoying every minute. I never thought this would happen. I really didn't, you know. I mean, when I think about years and years going into bookshops and nearly licking the books, you know, I'd be smelling. I love the smell of books and, you know, looking at the names there. And I never thought, and I still now can't get used to walking into a bookshop and seeing my book book on the shelves. Now, it's a two-book deal that you've you've got. So while the first one is a success, does that put pressure on you a bit? Saying, oh God, number two has to be just... At minimum, it has to be as good as. Yeah, I think. Or are you still enjoying the? I think it does put a bit of pressure on, but that's no harm either. I think Mm -hmm. you know the bit of pressure will make you work harder, and you know make you ensure that the second book is as good or better than the first. Um, And I think at the moment nothing can burst my bubble. Great. You know, I think I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this so much, and I appreciate every minute of what's happening to me. You know, and the four children do as well. It's That's great to see their reaction. Well and that is wonderful. Yeah. And I just want to say, it's a fabulous um, story. It's for anyone out there. If you feel a little bit down or whatever, this has to make you feel good. This it's a wonderful story. You're very talented, but as you say, from a very ordinary background, you don't need you know the specific qualifications. Absolutely, if yeah. you can do it, you can do it. The book is any dream will do. It would make a lovely Christmas present, but to be quite honest, I could see myself reading this on a beach as well, any time of year. It's a really lovely book about friendship, and um, you feel good reading this as well. Um, thank throughout you. It. Maria Duffy, just want to say thank you so much for coming in and joining Thanks us on Town Talk. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been uplifting hearing your story and the continued success. The best of luck this week, but continued success yeah. with the book deal. We have a copy, by the way, of Any Dream Will Do. We're going to give it away, aren't we, Porik? We'll maybe do that tomorrow, yes, Eileen. Yes, indeed. Signed copy by the author. Or sometime this week, anyway, before the weekend, we'll give it a copy. It'll make a lovely Christmas present for someone. Maria, thanks very much for coming in and talking to us this thanks morning. Very and much, uh, best of luck to you.